I'm just going to talk for 10 or 15 minutes. Uh, just pitch in, ask questions whenever you want. I'm going to talk about a few things together. GDPR is something which is looming. Does anyone not know what GDPR stands for? Would anyone else like to? A couple over here. Um, it stands for General Data Protection Regulation. Uh, the implications are pretty vast. Uh, most of our clients, well, I'll, I'll very quickly tell you a bit about what we do. Um, I'll tell you a bit about how we use HubSpot and why GDPR has become quite important to us in a number of ways. Um, we're a technology company, primarily. We, we've built software to help charities and not-for-profits do their raffles and lotteries online. So um, I know that, that Just Giving is uh, um, likely to be a part of the Blackboard group very soon. Um, we are setting out to do for um, charity raffles and lotteries what, what Just Giving has done for the uh, sponsorship form. Um, an awful lot of it happens by paper. You get it through your, through your door. We're helping charities bring that online. Um, we also work with football clubs and anyone who's raising money for good causes through raffles and lotteries. That means that we, we deal with an awful lot of people's data. Um, we do it as a primary function. We do it securely. We do it in a compliant way, and we have really, really big, horrible pieces of legislation to sift through. Um, I have a, uh, two gambling licenses, um, plus my name is on the, uh, the register at the Gambling Commission as a fit and proper person. I don't know how I squeaked through that. Um, and they go through everything, and, and rightly so, because it, uh, we are tested to the same level as a casino or um, an online bookmaker's. Um, but at the end of the day, we just help charities sell raffle tickets online. Um, the other side of that is we take payment online as well. So we're governed by PCI DSS, a card payment. We have to keep your transaction secure when we're passing your credit card information across. Um, so a big part of our business is telling our clients that we're compliant, that we're secure. Um, we have a fantastic um, team who who have built a very secure, um, forward-thinking um, platform. Now, then we started getting our house in order in terms of how we attract our customers, and we heard about HubSpot. And um, I guess I'm quite naive, because I filled in a few things online. I was looking at inbound marketing, and then I just started getting this fantastic content that started arriving just when I was thinking about certain things. And then I had a call from a really nice guy in Ireland who talked me through some stuff. I put the phone down and said, right, guys, we've got to do what they're doing. This company's amazing. And then I realized that they were using their own platform and their own method to sell to me. And it became very compelling. So we began working with HubSpot. Um, I said, look, we don't have the first clue about any of this stuff. Can you recommend someone? And they said, well, there's someone in your area. They reeled off the address and postcode. And I realized that the guy that I'd seen up the corridor making tea in the corridor and saying hello to, that I could literally open the door of my office and knock on his office without even stepping foot into the corridor. Um, so we began working with White Hat, and it's been a really interesting journey. Now for us, um, because of our commitment to compliance, um, because of the fact that GDPR was already coming, and because of the fact that we primarily work for charities and not-for-profits who frankly have had a kicking in the media um, over the last couple of years, which 
I think mostly wasn't deserved, and I don't think they've done enough to defend themselves. But you'll have heard of big, high-profile cases like Olive Cook, um, uh, the, the lady who apparently was harassed to her death um, in Bristol, despite the fact that her family repeatedly said that, that there were many other issues and that, that wasn't really one of the main factors. Um, anyway, a, uh, a poor, vulnerable, elderly woman. Um, and the Daily Mail had uh, pretty much a, a, a hate campaign, as far as I could see, against the charity sector. That's made the sector... Uh, is anyone here from, from a charity? Or work with charities? Great. Um, now, you're living in challenging times. You're under a lot of scrutiny, um, particularly with GDPR coming in. I think everyone... Uh, come May next year, there's going to be a few high-profile cases to add to the ones that are already backing up. Um, hopefully, some of those high-profile cases will be, you know, Coca-Cola or um, Facebook or other companies that ride roughshod over our data. Put a microphone in my hand, Clue. What do you expect? Um, so the uh, we wanted to get the most out of HubSpot as an inbound marketing tool, cement our position. Uh, as, a, as a leader in compliance, uh, as a safe pair of hands, as a secure outfit who understands the value of data. And we realized that all of the stuff that we had over here in terms of how we operate our own platform, how we uh, safeguard our clients' data and their downstream customers um, was next door to useless when we started thinking about how we actually interact with people ourselves. So we've been on our... Um, a journey over the last six months to work out where our own data begins and ends and where our clients' data begins and ends. Um, we've had to learn a lot about GDPR. Um, GDPR essentially is, is replacing the um, old Data Protection Act um, that came in in 1998. It's the first major overhaul since that time. So it's far-reaching because it has to be because we work we communicate, we operate in a completely different way. Um, we spoke with a barrister who's a, an expert on cyber law, um, has written a book so weighty that I could use it to prop open the door of my office. Um, in fact, I have done and, uh, and um, have struggled to, to read the thing. But he knows what he's talking about. One of the first things he said to me was, data is the new oil. Um, it's being elevated, your personal data is being elevated to the status of your home ownership or your car or any other possession. And you will have the rights under GDPR to um, make sure that, that that obligation is met by anyone that you intersect or work with. Um, now, when we started to look at how we use data and how we are um, selling to clients, one of the first things was, well, if we put in a contract that we are um, the data processor and not the data controller, then we can bypass all of some of that you know, nasty stuff. It doesn't work like that. It, it's the proof is in the pudding. It's how you communicate with people. Um, you can be more than one function at the same time. You can, you can have a contract to manage your client's data, and then the minute one person calls you up and changes something on your database or interacts with you or gives you something else that you need to, to do, um, like change a, a record in the database, they um, are your piece of data that you have to own and look after and manage and you control that record in respect of the, um, the, the uh, information commissioner's office. Um, 
just to get a sense of, of which organizations are in the room, who here works for a company with, with fewer than 20 um, people there? Okay, good smattering. Fewer than 50? More than 50? Okay, listen. More than 100? More than 500? Anyone on the FTSE 500? Um, so there's, some, uh, there's, there's a big range of different sizes here. And what I found is that when you get to um, over that kind of 50 to 100, the challenges um, probably go this way. But, but there's a whole load of other things that you have to deal with. You're less, uh, you become compartmentalized again. You can be quite silo-focused in the way the organization thinks. Um, and different departments can be left to their own devices to worry about how they navigate the GDPR minefield. Um, from where you're sitting, are you primarily marketers? Do you own the inbound marketing side of stuff? Are you the HubSpot primary users, most of you? Um, who feels that um, HubSpot, is that where you keep your data? Who uses HubSpot as, a C, as their primary CRM? Um, who then has HubSpot working with another CRM platform? Um, who here feels that they've got GDPR nailed? <laughs> that come May next year, if the ICO knocks on your door, that you're going to be able to say, come in, look around. Um, anyone feeling that confident? Who here feels it's not really their department? Um, <laughs> I, I think it's going to become all of our department in a way. Um, so... I just wanted to just very quickly talk through how we got to, to where we are. Um, and I'm going to start with saying where we are now, which is um, not as far along as I'd hoped, um, to be frank. Um, we are um, constantly having to check back between different um, levels of compliance. Um, an example of that is the Gambling Act. So because we're licensed, the Gambling Act is kind of our Bible. Um, we had an inspection two weeks ago, and um, the head of lotteries and the head of compliance descended on our office, and they have the power to do anything um, within the um, furtherance of their delivery of their inspection. Um, so obviously we're all kind of uh, a flutter in the office working out how to kind of deal with this. Um, and you hear horror stories. One guy was... Um, the the inspector just called the police mid mid um, inspection, and the guy was just unceremoniously arrested and taken off. Um, he wasn't exactly in our sector. I think he owned a casino, uh, and they found a machete, gaffer tape to the underside of his desk. So that's a man who has more enemies than I do. That's for sure. <laughs> um, but we sailed through that, and then we started to to realise that. There's a lot that they, you kind of think if you um, nail one big set of compliance that might be specific to your industry, then all the other stuff will fall into place. And um, the more we look at GDPR, the more we realize that that's not the case. Um, and the more we realize that you have to make um, some compromises and sacrifices to work between the different um, verticals of the, the different legislation that you operate in. Um, so... Uh, an example of that for us is that with, with gambling, we can't sell a lottery ticket to anyone um, who's under the age of 16, and we have to age verify and we have to check.
people before they make that transaction. Um, the best practice in the charity sector is that we can't sell um, a donation um, or the, the option to, to donate to a charity to anyone who's under 18. Um, and I kind of think, well, one's best practice and the other is primary legislation. So I'm not going to tell my clients that they can't sell to people that the Gambling Act says that they can sell to. Um, and similarly, in terms of how we manage and hold the data, we've had to learn a lot um, extremely quickly. And it's made us really go back over the way in which we use HubSpot um, to work out how we're holding data, how it's being passed around, how it's being retained. Um, at the end of every day, you could, or you used to be able to, go over to the people who deal with queries from our customers' customers. So how we build our reputation and maintain it is by making sure that when Simon, someone signs up to use our software, that their customers are treated securely. We handle all the payment queries. We handle all the customer support for their, um, for their downstream customers. Um, and then we did a bit of an audit and realized that there were pads on which you could see someone had called um, and had updated their bank details or something. And the person scribbles that down and then goes and amends it on the database. It's all secure on the database, but it's still sitting on a pad at the end of the day. So just locking down that kind of stuff. And if you're managing HubSpot, um, if you're managing people who are interacting with you via HubSpot on the CRM, um, there will be times when um, some of that data is um, probably written down on a pad or, um, you know, these are the things you need to, to worry about. Um, we're also working with, with White Hat um, on understanding exactly how some of our concerns around GDPR post-March will be dealt with within HubSpot. Um, we've recently taken a decision to just outsource. Um, we're, we're, although we're only uh, 11 or 12 people, we're not required to have a data protection officer, but we're going to get one. Um, and we're doing that by um, having a service where we get a number of days a month of a data protection officer. They will be registered to our company. They will do an audit, and they will be responsible for making sure that our processes are compliant. Um, that's been really key for us because as we, a lot of our content in HubSpot is about how awesome we are at looking after data and how great we are at um, keeping card details secure and um, we, we adhere to every letter of the Gambling Act, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So for us to maintain that, um, the, the, the wealth of the knowledge, and it's, um, it speaks to, to Clue's point about how we as a small business um, have begun to disrupt the sector that we're in, most of whom are print management firms, most of whom don't have software. Um, and we've done it by being quite niche in terms of how we create the, hops, the, the HubSpot content and it's all around our um, the fact that we're a trusted pair of hands we understand technology we understand security now obviously the next six months is going to um, be instrumental in in working out whether um, we actually do um, now in terms of where you're sitting with with GDPR um, my first advice would just be do something do something and do it quickly get policies in place um, like all law um, they don't give you the answers. They just give you a set of grey parameters that you have to operate in. Um, for example, the right to be forgotten 
um, is a big central plank of GDPR. Um, no one actually knows um, exactly um, what that means or exactly how long um, they're thinking because there's nothing put down. It's about what you can justify. Um, and as this barrister said to us, if in um, May next year the ICO knock on your door and say, right, where's your policies? If someone hasn't interacted with you at all, um, what do you do with them? And if you said, well, uh, we go back to them X number of times and after three years we expunge that record from um, our databases, they might say, actually, we, were, you know, we think maybe that's a little bit long, but seeing as you have a policy um, and seeing as it's all laid out, they're just going to say, thanks very much, and they'll go and knock on the door of the person who, who isn't expecting them and doesn't have a ring binder with all their policies laid out. So just do something, uh, make it look um, uh, justifiable, not make it look justifiable, justify it, um, think through it, um, and uh, hopefully the ICO don't come on knocking. Um, any questions? You always have a question. You're like Colombo. <coughs> it's my job, right? Um, the way I look at GDPR, it's a bit like the hard Brexit thing, right? So <clears throat> you've got a date. Everybody's working towards that date. And pretty much everybody I've spoken to is of the impression that nobody's going to be ready. Or, or at least there's going to be huge swathes of all different industries that are not going to be ready. What are the consequences of failure in terms specifically of fines and um, um, impact on a business? Because I don't think everybody has really picked up on the scale of, of, of some of this. Yeah, it's, uh, the, the best comparison is if you look at Talk Talk, who got um, fined um, not that long ago for a significant data breach, it was a few hundred grand they were fined. Um, it's been worked out, and there's no way of knowing this until the ICO were to apply the new legislation. But had they committed the same set of uh, infractions under GDPR, their fine would likely be somewhere around 30 to 40 million. Um, so that is a scary uh, um, factor higher. Um, it's also potentially open-ended. Um, and the fines are just a percentage of worldwide um, turnover, so not profit. Um, it's, uh, again, as, um, as Dean Armstrong QC um, said to us, uh, these used to be mistakes that might cost uh, an IT director or a CTO their job. They're now become, becoming issues that could cost a CEO their job or just kill the company, kill the business. Imprisonment, yeah, directors is another thing that um, all those annoying phone calls that you get from, from people that you don't know how they got your number in the first place and they probably just put it through a dialer until it spits out a number. Uh, it used to be the case that they could shut down the company down, set up a new one from within the same building and carry on. They're now going to be able to go up and get the directors um, with fines to the directors and potential imprisonment as well. Um, so if you're dealing with data especially if you're a director of your company, um, this is something you really need to get your head around.